Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. Today, we got a fantastic interview. Uh, this is, I think, if, if you're in a position where you're selling something that uh, is more than a couple of bucks and you're selling at a high ticket and you need clients, then this, this particular episode is going to be for you. So get ready to take some notes. Today, I'm talking with John Schumacher, and John is a revenue growth strategist, a webinar specialist, and an online marketing consultant. His clients have earned over $10 million using webinars and online strategies, and he's the president of Marketing Mastery Media, Inc. They're a digital marketing consultancy that's focused on helping coaches, consultants, and service providers attract and enroll high-end clients using automation and organic marketing systems. This is going to be a fun interview because I think John and I have a lot of uh, similar thinking and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to, to kind of dive in and John, hear what you've got that's, that's unique in this situation. I think it's going to be, uh, be a great interview for everyone. So John, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Steve, I am excited. Thank you for having me. Honored and love the work you're doing for your clients and community too. So hopefully I can add a little bit of sauce to the good stuff you're already cooking. Oh, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> so give give everybody a little bit of, of background beyond the bio. Where, how'd you get to this stage of being a, a webinar and, and marketing expert? Yeah, boy, we could talk for a while on this. I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. So, you know, I don't have the traditional business background. I was actually a physical therapist. I was a healthcare provider uh, before I got into marketing and on all this online stuff. And I was one of maybe a handful of physical therapists who started creating content um, on this newer platform called YouTube. And this was about, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And I started, you know, shooting little videos and creating content in my clinic and, and started selling courses and ebooks back when that was still a thing um, on like how to fix your back and how to address your shoulder pain and things like that. So that was my first experience into this digital online world. Um, I actually had one of the first live live stream interview shows interviewing healthcare entrepreneurs. This was several years ago back when like Google Hangouts and things like that were brand new. And so I loved marketing and I loved this new media stuff. I fell in love with it. And after doing doing it in, in the healthcare arena for a while, I, I decided that, you know, my true passions were in, in marketing and and, and because I had learned all these strategies and tactics and built this community, um, I decided I wanted to, to help other people share their message and, and use some of these newer strategies. So I pivoted from a healthcare focus into more of a marketing focus. I had one of the, the, the leading online training programs uh, around how to use live video in Google Hangouts. This was over five years ago. And um, started selling that program on webinars with with JV partners and did, did that whole thing for a while. And it sold really well because it was a fresh new item. Um, I learned all about how to you know make sales presentations and, and work with clients and all that kind of stuff. And then from there, after doing several webinars, um, started teaching webinars. So I, I pivoted into that space, um, hosted two online summits. Uh, we had about 8,000 people attend those and um, created a program and a course on that, started selling that as a course. And then um, this last couple of years, I've been less focused on selling information products and more into services and consulting, kind of high ticket, big ticket stuff, $10,000, $30,000 type stuff. And that's been my focus the last couple of years is really 
um, working with experts and consultants and, and people on on how to increase revenue in their business. And you know, webinars are certainly my uh, specialty. Like if you put John Schumacher into Google, you'll see a bunch of stuff on that. Or put webinar coach into Google. I think I'm at the at the top of Google most of the time on a lot of those type of things. So. Um, but beyond that, I, I enjoy helping experts, um, coaches, people like that, build a tribe, build a brand, get in front of their ideal clients. And I, I just love all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So it sounds like you've had a, a few different kind of reinventions as you've gone yes. through your career. You know, th- those aren't ever easy because when when you're going from one thing that you know really well to something new that's, you know, there's all of this, this, uh, you know, transition that you go through where, you know, you know, the, you know, this first area and you kind of know what you have and you go into this unknown. Uh, when, when you're dealing with those sorts of changes, how do you keep going? How do you push through? How do you, it, as you've done that, what are the things that, that you found that really helped you stay persistent through all of that? Yeah, well, I think it's it's probably cliche to say, and you know, we can dig deeper on specific mindset things if you'd like here in a moment. But um, for me, it's just I'm a hugely motivated person to continue to have freedom and independence in my life. I'm a big personal development nut, so I, I think I'm very internally motivated and selfishly motivated in a lot of ways to maintain my own freedom and and not work a job. And that was really my motivation initially was, you know, I wanted to leave my practice and things like that. So, um, so having a big why, a big internal motivation will keep you persistent because you're going to fail a lot. I, I always tell a lot of, you know, my tribe, look, in life, most things don't work out, right? Most first dates don't end in marriage. Most business ideas or products that you launch fail. In many cases, I've had more failures than I have successes along my way, more bad ideas than good ideas. But I think, you know, all of us get punched in the mouth, all of us get knocked down, but it's not those that get punched in the mouth. I mean, we're all going to get that if you're out there creating art or entrepreneurship or whatever. It's how fast can you get up off the ground? How fast can you get back on your path? And, and you know, well, well, you may need to quit certain smaller ideas along the journey because they just were bad ideas. Um, you shouldn't quit your overall dream and motivation and vision. And, you know, mine has been very internally focused on part of its ego, part of its uh, personal desire to maintain my own freedom. Part of it is, is, um, you know, a desire to make an impact while I'm here on this earth. It's interesting. I think you're the first person that have, that shared that particular take on this, that, that it's, you know, how fast you get back up after you've gone through something that didn't work. Um, I, I hate even to use the word failure because for, you know, for those of us who are running businesses, most of the time it's, it's not utter abject failure. I mean, it's that whatever we were doing just flat didn't work and that's okay. And you know, what do you now do next? Um, but I think, I think you're absolutely right. This, this idea that, the faster you can sort of get back into action, the the easier it is to go through those all of those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think of like Thomas Edison who failed ten apparently ten thousand times before he got the light bulb. I mean, I think you have to have enough internal motivation because most people will take one or two punches in the face, they roll over and quit. 
you know, you're going to take a lot of punches in the arena if you want to be a thought leader, like a lot of your client, your audience, I assume, you know, if you're a coach or consultant and you want to differentiate yourself from the, the masses of others, right? You should become a bit of a thought leader, a bit of a content creator uh, in, you know, creating programs for these for your, for your clients. And you're going to, you're going to fail sometimes. You're going to do a webinar. It's not going to convert. You're going to do a launch. It's not going to, you know, work as well as you like. I mean, I've tried you know, I've failed at, quote unquote, failed at a lot of things, but you just take it in the chin, you get back up, you dust yourself off. And if your internal motivation is strong enough, um, you'll keep going, you know, you'll keep, I mean, I, I could take, you know, an infinite number of punches. I feel like in my face, I've, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way in a lot of ways, like <laughs> bled in the streets, so to speak in this world. And, you know, it, it just toughens you up and, you know, that's, that's just a requirement if you want to do something special. Yeah, at least once. Um, yeah. Well, I want to uh, I want to take a quick break. I want to come back and I want to talk about uh, webinars and um, and uh, kind of dive into how you're using them with your clients, um, where you see them fitting in kind of the overall uh, marketing mix for people. So we're going to be right back. We're going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be back with more from John Schumacher. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. It's Steve Gordon, and I'm talking with John Schumacher. And John, where we left off um, was really kind of getting into the the conversation around webinars. Um, and I'm curious, how did you gravitate towards helping people with webinars, you know, given, given your background and in, in courses and other things? Um, what was it about webinars that you thought was was just particularly useful for your clients yeah well part of it was kind of a, a desire to you know because i had done them myself i started doing a lot of them i was getting good enrollment rates and stuff from the webinars and you know i i could I, part of it was a necessary pivot for me going from like mr google hangout which is what i was for for a period of time um, i wrote a book on it and had a course on it and all that kind of stuff and I could see the writing on the wall. So part of it was a pivot out of necessity to kind of keep the flow going and selfishly keep my business going. Um, plus, I also saw that people wanted to learn this thing. They wanted to use it more. Um, and they were you know, scared or nervous or a lot of people just weren't doing it well. So, uh, so I, could, I just saw a bit of an opportunity for myself to you know, do something I had figured out how to do, felt that I know well, knew well, and that I could continue to you know, help other people and continue my own online business, you know, in my independence and stuff like that. So part of it was just selfish, selfish motivation of, you know, I think this is something that will sell. And I think this is something people could benefit from. And so, you know, I, I, I didn't want to just be, you know, hang my hat on a, on a temporary tactic. I wanted to kind of broaden out a little bit. You know, well, one of the things that, that I particularly like about webinars is, while it's a new delivery mechanism, the strategy is, I mean, as old as, as humanity. I mean, anytime you, you had somebody stand up in front of two other people 
and try and convince them of anything, you were having a webinar, I mean, a presentation, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and to me, that's one of the really magical things about webinars as a medium is now you can do that worldwide. I'll never forget, you know, I used to have my first business. We'd go around and do the dog and pony show and give seminars and workshops and speeches and all this stuff. Um, and we were pretty limited in the number of people that we could impact. I mean, it was still better than not doing them, but you know, I'll do a webinar now and I'm sure you do webinars now where you have people dialing in from all over the world and it's, it's kind of astonishing. Um, I think some people maybe take it for granted if you haven't lived in, in both of those worlds, but it, it still blows me away. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, I'm probably one of those people who take it for granted because I am, you know, I wasn't in marketing as long as you've been with, with those days. So yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing, right? We can communicate and we, you, it's basically, and you know, we could define webinar however you want. Um, it's basically just a virtual presentation stage that allows you to, you know, sell or teach or um, you can, there's a variety of different types of quote unquote webinars that you can use some more broad markets, some smaller, more intimate. Um, you know, there's ways, a lot of ways to use webinars in your marketing or, or, or virtual presentations to, you know, build rapport and, and, and enroll more clients. And I think it's, you know, the, the tools will shift and change over time as they have. But I think, as you pointed out, the, the idea of using, you know, audio video to, to build rapport and, and make offers will still be around either in the future, even if we're using holograms or I don't know what the next best thing is, VR, whatever we're going to do next. Uh, <laughs> that the core strategies behind the human nature of it will, will be evergreen. Yeah. That, I think that that's something that makes it so powerful. So, uh, you know, I get, I, I get questions sometimes from, from uh, some of our subscribers when they ask about webinars and, you know, there are so many webinars out there that are selling an information product, a course or whatever. Um, and then, you know, I, I think service providers see those. They try and mimic the structure or the tactic that's used on those. Is there a difference between how you would structure a successful webinar to sell maybe a product that's got a pretty hard offer at the end and, and how you would advise one of your clients to structure it if they're selling a service? Does it matter? It does. Yeah. It's a little different model. So if you're selling a course for $9.97 or something, I mean, I have clients that are, I have a client right now I'm working with on an optimizing his funnel. He's doing about $100,000 a month, um, 2X ROAS on his ad spend, uh, just selling a 997 course. So we're talking about other ways to optimize that funnel and this or that. So that, that looks dramatic. It looks fairly different, I would say, than if you're just looking to enroll clients like big ticket clients where you want to you get them from a webinar to a conversation and from there a potential working relationship i think the the the, the uh, what do they call it the uh, the ladder that i just described the if you're looking to book a call i look i call them kind of book a call funnels or application funnels much more simple um, can often be a shorter presentation in fact it's often preferred because a lot of those folks who are you're looking for bigger ticket clients. They're usually people who have more money than time sometimes. So we don't want them to sit through a 75 minute kind of uh, webinar structure as much um, versus if you're selling a course or something like that, there is a different presentation structure in many cases, as well as a different 
follow-up and delivery method and things like that um, that that you would want to use. I personally, at this point in my career, like the book of call funnels because I tend to like to work more with like less less but better people and, and higher ticket stuff. But there are some people out there still doing the course funnel model. And uh, it's not necessarily, there's you know, nothing wrong with either of those. It's just kind of depends on your brand and philosophy and those kind of things. But I don't know how much, how much of a nerd out you want to do on the specifics of those two different type of funnels, but feel free if you have any other yeah, let's, questions. Yeah, let's, let's, let's dive <laughs> we can in. We talk forever I, on that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I know everybody, you know, the vast majority of the folks listening are going to uh, be wondering, well, how can I book more people? Um, yeah. on, onto a call. How, you know, I, I, I sell something that's probably intangible and I need to get people educated enough so that when they're talking to me, they're, they're prepared. Yeah. Um, so if, if you think about, you know, creating that sort of process, what are some of the key things that, that are important? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously you need, uh, you know, webinars are one to many tools. So you'll need a list of people. Email still works better than social media. Um, you can use bots or whatever. It depends on how, how deep people want to go with the newer, newer tactics, but you'll need a way to obviously send people to the webinar to sign up. Um, and yeah, I mean, you could, as far as a strategy, I mean, if your, your goal is to book clients, there's a few different overall strategies that I think are effective. One um, you could sell the webinar. It's like almost like a tripwire type offering and do um, what my friend Brad Costanzo calls a compression session, which is basically like a two hour teaching session um, where you just you know educate these people. And then at the end of that, there's a soft call to action to apply the fee they paid for that webinar to a deeper coaching or consulting program. That can work well. Um, Another way to do it is just to have smaller intimate kind of webinars like boardroom meetings basically with high ticket clients where maybe you send out an email, they respond, say they want the link, you kind of qualify them a little bit with some back and forth conversation via email and then if they seem qualified, you give them a link, they show up, maybe you do a little presentation about your offering to 10, 12 people and you know, four or five of them decide to work with you. Um, beyond that, if you wanted to do a bigger presentation to your list, let's say you want 100 people on there to kind of look at a presentation and those kind of things. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get 100, 100 or so people on there, do some more traditional webinar stuff, kind of like teaching, but like teaching away objections and shifting beliefs and all those kind of things. And then at the end of that webinar, you can offer a, a call with them, that kind of thing. So part of it is, you know, being able to get enough people to the webinar because it is a one-to-many tool. If you can't get people there, one-to-many, you're kind of stuck, right? It's not as effective. Um, so having a list of, of way to distribute your webinar and then having an initial strategy of what the what the quote-unquote funnel is going to look like and, and then a good incentive to book a call with you. Um, you know, if you want to get into the specifics of you know, how to structure a more traditional application funnel webinar. We could talk about that, but um, I, I don't know. There's, there's some value in, in what I shared there. I think it's just a matter of like, what's the strategy and, you know, I've used all of those effectively. Well, what, what I really took out of, out of those last few comments was that a webinar isn't one thing. And I think most people, when they think of it, they think I'm going to try and put, you know, a hundred or a thousand people, whatever, you know, pick a number um, on this thing. And it's, it's going to be like, I'm in front of a room 
And it could be like that. And, and I'm, I'm in front of a fairly big room, right? It could be like that. But what I heard you say is that there are other formats that can also work effectively. So, you know, one of the things that, as I listened to you, sounded to me like you were describing almost like an executive or a CEO roundtable sort of right. uh, webinar where you maybe present a little bit, but then there's a lot of interaction with a small group of people. That could be one way to go. And, and um, you know, I think there was one other format that you mentioned before that. But really, folks, I think that the takeaway here is you can be very creative with it, particularly with the you know some of the technology that's available today. You can take a lot of the things you might have done offline and and now bring them online and and still be very very effective. Is is that kind of where you see things heading in the future? Yeah, I do, um, and it just depends on your philosophy. If most people are on here are service providers or consultants and people like that, you 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 probably want to work with what maybe no more than. 15 to 30 clients, maybe, you know, and you're kind of depends on how much leverage you want versus the, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, you don't need, you know, a massive, massive group of people when you have a good offer that's priced well, that's strategically available to help you, you know, like I've been doing more percentage deals and stuff like that and getting a piece of the lift, you know, of, of with my clients. So you don't need a, a gazillion clients and you don't have to follow the traditional click funnels webinar kind of thing or, <laughs> or whatever. You don't have to do that stuff. I know a lot of people, I was just meeting with a client before this interview today, actually in person out here in Reno, and he's very adverse to a lot of that stuff. And I'm like, look, man, you don't have to do that. Like, let's look at this, look at this strategy. So we kind of mapped out a strategy. He's like, oh my God, yeah. I'm like, it's simple. But it works. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about using these kind of tools just to create little conversations with people. And, and you know, a lot of times your best buyers don't want to go through all that crap. They want to, they want to, they want to somebody who's real on the other end who they can talk to and, and they're willing to pay good money for that. So, yeah, you don't need to, you, you, you know, you can use a webinar kind of however you like. Um, the traditional thinking is you need to get as many people as you can on there. And that still works, right? I mean, it's just, you know, having a good strategy in place, if that makes sense. Um, you don't have to do that model and you don't have to, to be the, the cheesy snake oil salesman either. I know a lot of people are allergic to sell sales on webinars and things like that. Um, you know, I've shifted a lot. I've tried that kind of salesy stuff or I kind of tried different people's stuff and more, the more I do this and the, the more I go along my career, uh, the more of a simpleton I become, right? Like I just want to have good conversations with people who have the ability that are fairly successful already who have some assets we can utilize together and, and then just build on, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I think we make it more complicated than it really is, yeah. you know, get, getting back to the basics often works. So I know one of the other things you're working on is, uh, is working with folks um, on, on the enrollment side of things. And I'm sure that probably includes webinars to, to get people to the conversation, but uh, talk a little bit about what you've got coming up related to enrollment. Yeah. So uh, you mean the pilot program I'm going to be putting out? Yeah. 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 So I appreciate that. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah. So later this, this fall, I'm going to be, you know, I mean, obviously I niche into webinars and that's sort of my thing. I don't think everybody needs to have one right away. I think it can be part of the problem or part of the solution or part of the uh, ways to get in front of people. But, you know, so I'm piloting a group for experts, consultants, coaches who are making, I'd say, high five to mid six figure 
um, who have a bit of a list, a bit of an audience that they feel like they probably could be using better. And my goal will be to help them add $100,000 to their business in under six months. So uh, what we're going to do to get there is going to be one, to optimize or create a big ticket offer. So it could be a five, 10, 20, 30,000 plus off dollar offer. Um, and then help them generate leads for that offer and ultimately enroll them into the process. So I look at, I look at, I'm a big 80, 20 thinker. I call it 95, five thinking. And if, if you want to picture a triangle, you know, for client acquisition and effective client acquisition at the top of that, at the peak of that triangle would be your offer and you know, having a well-structured, well-positioned offer is so important and people don't give that enough credit or enough time. And then at the lower left-hand part of the, the, the uh, triangle is, is lead generation, which everybody wants more leads, more leads. And then in the bottom right-hand corner is enrollment. So a lot of people can generate leads, but they don't know how to enroll them or effectively follow up and those kind of things. So, um, so I'm teaching all three of those. So I'm helping people cra optimize or craft a high-end offer, um, helping them generate leads. And I look at lead generation as three parts. One is your personal assets, like your email list. Uh, two is partnerships or referrals, and three is is using paid traffic when appropriate. And then finally, getting once you get those people on a call or an enrollment conversation with you, how do you go through that process and how do you follow up to enroll more clients? So that will be the focus. And you know, turning those three screws, I feel, um, is is sort of the the five percent that gives you the ninety five percent results. And instead of focusing on, you know ultra ninja flashy tactics. A lot of it is just the fundamentals. Absolutely. And I tell you, one of the things that I think holds so many people back is that they just dabble in all these different sales and marketing strategies and techniques. They never really get good at anything. And, and I love it that, you know, you're focusing on just a few things that are, that are going to move the needle. I'm a simpleton, man. I'm more and more, I, look, I've, I'm a funnel guy. I've, I've, you know, geeked out on funnels. I mean, we could go super, super deep on that stuff. And I do do that with some of my clients who have funnels, but, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's a waste of time for a lot of professionals and service providers. And, you know, the, they're just not doing the basics. Like, like the gentleman I was speaking to today, you know, he's got, he's got all these amazing partnerships. I'm like, well, have you, have you ever done a, a presentation to their audience? Well, no. You know, like, why not? You know, like, you know, he's got a list of, you know, about 6,000 uh, relevant leads. You know, I'm like, well, if you have, when's the last time you made an offer to them to work together? Well, you know, I really have. So it's, it's amazing out there how many experts, they have all this, this low hanging fruit sitting right in front of their nose. They just don't know how to use it or they don't, they just, they have, they have either mental hangups or, or they just don't have a simple strategy or they get caught up in trying to figure out all this minutia you know, and it's just like, and those are the people I actually want to work with as long as they're coachable. Like I don't necessarily want to just work with the internet marketer and crowd or the Facebook newsfeed, you know, ad make 10 K in 10 days kind of thing. <laughs> like I want to work with experts who have assets, but they just need help with marketing and sales, you know, and, and they're, they're good people. They care about their clients. And there's a lot of people out there that are like, there's this big world outside of the bubble of, you know, Facebook chest pumping that, is uh, is pretty it's pretty exciting. So those those are actually the people I want to work with more and more are those folks. You know, it's funny. Um, 
the old the old make ten thousand in ten days seems to only work for the person selling the make ten thousand in ten days <laughs> system, and 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 the ones who will then copy it, rip it off, and and try and sell it themselves. Um, you know, it's I, you, you and I both have friends that uh, that that sell you know the LinkedIn marketing, and uh, I always it's same same it, same thing with them. They'll they'll say, well, we, you can you can do this amazing thing on on LinkedIn and get clients and you know follow my process and and you know the fund the fundamental disconnect which it it sounds like you're addressing is that you know in in any kind of sales the two most important decisions are who are you selling to and what are you offering that they want yep and um and so many of the marketing tactics just sort of gloss over the importance of that i mean they might talk about ideal client or something like that but um but offer is one that's really difficult to solve you know most businesses have their offer and um and and sometimes it is like moving heaven and earth to get the offer to change and and most of the time either there or in their definition of their ideal client is where the entire problem is and uh yeah so it sounds like you're you're tackling that yeah that's the first and most important thing right it's like the tip of the triangle um and yeah i've made look i've made mistakes i've had wild ideas that I thought someone wanted that didn't. I've even done that recently. So we all get caught up in our own ideas. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. One is we, we're not really truly clear on what that person wants in the language they use to describe that in the messaging. And I think a lot of people, particularly in high ticket or big ticket sales, they make it too hard for, a person who's not a close person to you to start a working relationship with you. Hmm. Um, I know Jay Abraham was big on this. Um, you know, I've talked with a number of people as well who are very intelligent. And one of the things I love to geek out on is offer structure, particularly for B2B professionals. And because I think a lot of us, they, we just make it too hard for people to want to work with us. Like these are people that, I mean, if it's somebody you know, or is like a super fan, of course you could just say, here's my big thing, buy it. Okay. But most people like for me, like I get a lot of um, inbound leads from Google or YouTube. Um, and they, they, they watch some of my content or they've, you know, went through my website a bit, maybe read it, watched a few videos or whatever. But they still don't know me deeply. They, they still see me, even though they're interested in what I might have, there's still a, you know, a, a bit of rapport. There's an uneasiness there, of course. And so if I, what I've learned even more recently is how can I make it easier for people to say yes? How can I sit on the same side of the table with them instead of being me versus them kind of like jockeying for a sale? How can I sit on the same side of the table and the key distinction is with the right client. Um, one of my mentors told me, it's, John, it's not always what you do, but it's who you do it with that makes the difference in your business. And I've really taken that to heart recently, and particularly this past year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that, that may be the perfect point to, to end this interview on because that, folks, that, that's probably some of the best advice you'll hear on this podcast. So John, before we wrap up, any, any final thoughts or, or uh, can you share maybe where folks can connect with you? What's the best place for them to find you? 
Yeah. Final thoughts. Um, for me as somebody take it from a squirrel brain kid who, you know, did all this fancy stuff and I've burned and wasted a ton of time focus on what, what Steve teaches and smart people like him, you know, focus on the fundamentals, your offer, your messaging, you know, make it easy for people to say yes, to start a relationship, have a strong entry offer, um, focus on basic lead generation stuff. You know, I think the, the fundamentals are important and, and networking, I think is even going to be more important in the future. Not that it isn't, and it's always been, but you know, as, as CPC costs for ads go up and, you know, think, you know, platforms shift and change, having good relationships in your business is never going to change. So I think, <laughs> you know, the, the fundamentals I think are, are everything. And, you know, so I would just, you know, for everybody listening, focus on that, learn from smart people like Steve, who, um, you know, I, by the way, I love your book on referrals and your follow-up stuff. I mean, you got some really great fundamental stuff there. I love that. Um, so thank you. thank you to you for, for not being a, a peddler of the flashy tactic and actually teaching the fundamentals. Uh, as far as where they can find more about me, uh, you know, my name is John Schumacher. You can just go to johnschumacher.com. Um, you know, my website, you can, there's a lot of resources on there. Uh, there's a free guide. If you go to johnschumacher.com slash conversion, you can get on my email list and get a, a free webinar guide uh, out of that. And uh, yeah, my name is, you know, spelled J-O-N, so no H, so J-O-N, and then my last name is Schumacher, S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R, and almost everybody spells both my first and last name wrong, so <laughs> hopefully that helps, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We'll link all of that up in the show notes, and uh, and, and John's got a great uh video on his homepage that talks about uh, uh, a little more in depth on webinar um, structure and his approach. So definitely worth watching that. Uh, John, thanks for investing some time with me. This has been really a lot of fun. And, and uh, I know we've shared some, some great stuff with uh, everyone listening. So thanks for being here. Steve, I appreciate you thinking of me and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. This episode of the Unstoppable CEO podcast is sponsored by the Unstoppable Agency. That is the agency part of our business where we work with professional service firms and create a done-for-you marketing program. And what that looks like is we actually sit down with you. We come together and define your ideal client with you. We go build a list of those people, and then we begin reaching out to them on your behalf to book them as guests on your podcast. We call it podcast prospecting, and it's a fantastic way to connect with potential clients and influencers that can refer you. And it's end-to-end -end a done-for-you system. And so if that's something that you think might be the right fit for your business, go to our website, go to unstoppableceo.net. You can uh, find there on the homepage a link to a video presentation that explains how it all works. And if you'd like, let's get together and have a quick 20-minute conversation and see if we're a fit. Again, that's at unstoppableceo.net. Right on the homepage, look for a link to the video that explains how it all works.